Thanksgiving, just a little more than a week away, the time to be thankful for what you have and be thankful for the loved ones that you'll be seated with, you know, uh, in an obligatory fashion at least once a year. I'll be off to, to Tennessee. Don't ask me why a bunch of Greeks and Italians uh, meet up in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee for Thanksgiving. None of us are from Tennessee, but we go there and congregate for Thanksgiving. And I'll be thankful for the one reason. Uh, well, family, of course. All right, <laughs> <laughs> two reasons. <laughs> family, one. The second one, that is Bourbon Palooza for me. Um, a few years back, my brother-in-law, a confirmed scotch drinker, was here for an Ohio State football game. And he goes, I'm going to try some of your bourbons. And he tried some of the bourbons. And then the last one he tried was uh, the 12-year Van Winkle. He goes, this is awesome. I got to get some, some of this. And I go, yeah, well, good luck. And this is before, even before the Van Winkle craze took place. And he, he's not the type of person who takes no for an answer easily. And he said, I'll, I'll get it. Well, at first he failed, but then through his resources, one Thanksgiving, he, he brought us, he had them all. Every Van Winkle there was. All of them lined up in a beautiful little row. It was the best Thanksgiving ever. Because of family, of course. <laughs> and, and, and the bourbon. So what am I thankful for? Because we always ask that question. I'm sure you do it in your families too. You go around the table. I'm thankful, honestly. One of the things is this podcast. I'm thankful for the guys that work on it, Greg Hansberry and John Whitney. And I'm thankful for the guests, especially when it's a guest that I've been trying to get on the podcast for the last year or so and haven't been able to because of schedules or whatever the case might be. But I'm very excited about our guest tonight. Hi, I'm Dino Tripodis. This is Whiskey Business, a podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. And our guest bottle tonight is Redemption High Rye Bourbon, Pre-Prohibition Rye Revival Whiskey. Um, it's it's got a pretty high rye content of 36 percent and a mash bill of 60 percent corn and four percent barley and it's uh it's it's young it's a young it's a young uh bourbon but it's pretty good we'll talk a little bit more about it and i i chose redemption because our guest has probably over the course of his radio career had a lot of moments of redemption from QFM Torgan Elliott in the morning. We have Scott Torgerson. Torg is with us finally. Well, about time, Dino. You had the accounts rece- receivable lady on <laughs> and don't have me on. Jeez, it's a, it's you, you had was the plumber busy or no, the gardener's no, done you, for the year? You know what? Let me let, let me just say <laughs> we got. It's, it's been. Are you one of those guys who? Who really is busy? Well, you or, know, what? Or, or or is it just a case of like you want people to think you're busy? Well, I, I'll tell you this as a parent: my daughter was in Annie last week, oh, congratulations. and I think any parent knows this. I really don't give a shit about other people. The play itself, I just want to see my kid, and if my kid's not in the scene, I don't give a shit. Let's fast forward and see my kid, right? You can't do that. But I had to go to Wednesday and Thursday because some one night she was the. Gail, who pretends she's Annie's mom, and the next night she was the head orphan, so I had to go to both shows because she was two different characters. She played two different parts. If it was my son, I would blow it off, but she's my only daughter. Right, daughters. And so, yes, so I had to go to both. And then I think uh, you asked me, like, in the summer, we were going to talk Buckeyes, 
and I I did have something going. But if you would ask me any other time, I probably would have been able to do it. So back to my original question: yeah. Are you one of those guys that really is busy? Sometimes, or one of the, yeah. Because or one of, of those guys that wants people to think that he's no, that no, no. Busy. It just depends with kids stuff. You know, you get sports and the kids are doing stuff, and you don't want to be a bad dad. You know, <laughs> are you good, are you a bad dad? No. I'm a good. I think I'm a good dad. I don't know. I ask my kids. I don't know. You went to Annie. Yeah. yeah. Annie. Twice. Right. I buy them things. Yeah. They have clothes. Right. <laughs> they so, bathe. So you'll you'll go to your daughter's play, but you said you would blow off your sons. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If he had double night, I would go one night, and then if he had two nights, I would blow off one. I would say, which role is? Do you have the most lines? And then I would go to that <laughs> night. And in your mind, is that being supportive? I, not for me to judge Dino not for me to judge are your kids excited that you're that about what you do for a job they don't they don't here's the thing my oldest is 12 and if I was a kid and my dad had a cool job he got to meet uh 21 pilots cool he got to meet Roman Reigns who's a wrestler his like hero he's got to meet a lot of people like a lot of professional athletes and he won't tell anyone at school he doesn't tell anybody what his dad does why he just doesn't want to make anyone feel bad he says is that and he says i want people <laughs> to like me for me and i was like dude i would be telling everybody if i was in school is i he, would tell everybody he's is, very sensitive is he yeah he just is, wants to be, everyone to like him for him yeah and i would be dude i would be calling myself torg yeah. i had a t-shirt when i was a kid that had Torg on it just so you could give me the nickname Torg. So you nicknamed yourself? Well, last name's Torgerson, so it's pretty easy. But my, but, my but grandfather did... was Torgy, Torgy. And, and my father was Torgy, and they called me Torgy in high school. We went to the same high school. My grandfather, my dad, and me. Torgy sounds like some sort of it's genetically Minnesota, some sort of genetically crossed puppy. I agree. Between, <laughs> between like a Yorkie and a, and a, and a Shih Tzu. It's you a Minnesota get a, thing. You get Everything a ends with a Y. <laughs> Everything ends with a Y. Oh, it's Minnesota. a Y, yeah, not an IE. No, okay. it's a Y. Well, and that, I, makes, I, I'd be a, that makes all the difference in the world. <laughs> yes. Uh, so you're from Minnesota yeah, originally? Well, yeah, St. Paul. St. Paul? Minneapolis. Born and raised there? Yep. Well, not yeah. born there. Born in a small city of like 3,000 people and then moved there when I was like in second grade. But a city in Minnesota? Uh, no, it was actually across the border in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin? I don't let people know that. I keep Why? that. I just, you know. What's wrong with Wisconsin? It, there's a little rivalry between Wisconsin and Minnesota, and I make fun of people from Wisconsin a lot. Everybody it's, thinks I'm from Steubenville, Ohio, but I was actually born in Gary, Indiana. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. Is that uh, home of Michael Jackson? It is. Well, that's in a previous podcast. We mentioned the fact really? that, that we lived a, a, a block and a half away Do from they the have, Jacksons. He could have been the sixth Jackson. Do they have like the home where like, so when you were, a, did you ever go back there as a kid? To Gary? Yeah. No. Okay. Because so I grew up in South St. Paul and do you know the Prince and the Revolution? Right. Yeah. Well, the guitarist. Yeah, it rings a bell. Well, do you know who they, like Diz Dickerson was the guitarist of the Revolution. Okay. And he grew up in St. Paul, in South St. Paul. Like in the nice part, so like a block. And we would always walk by the house, and you go, it's Diz Dickerson's house. And you would always like, go knock on the door. No, fuck you. You go knock on the door. You know, kind of one of those things. So that was kind of like the house in my town where you'd walk by it and go, someone famed that in Phil Housley's house. We had two houses in my poor-ass town where, and Phil Housley, who a lot of people don't know, up until Mike Madonna was the highest-scoring American hockey player of all time and he grew up across the street from me mm-hmm. and he a little older but that was the two famous houses so you'd walk by the house and go 
I, I figure if you're from Gary, Indiana, you'd walk by the Jackson House and go, "Oh, that's the Jackson House." Well, I didn't know. I didn't know we were that close that's to the. That's where Jack- Ike beat the kids. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Ike Turner. <laughs> no, Ike Turner. You think Ike Turk actually went to the Jackson's house and, and beat the kids? Teamed up with Joe. <laughs> Teamed up with Joe. <laughs> Teamed up with Joe. Let me show you how to do it, Joe. The, <laughs> you're doing it all wrong. You're not getting enough enough uh, enough force Say in the I belt, man. The belt. You know, you gotta follow through, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that's, um, that's one of the. Uh, Do you ever see? Uh, I don't know what the name of it. It was before Bigger and Blacker, the Chris Rock bit, where uh, he was doing a bit on OJ, and he goes, "Never hit a woman, woman." I shake the fuck out of him, but I never hit him. And that was like a little stand-up bit. Oh man, it's yeah, bits like that. Now you can't even. You, no, you, you can't, can't even do, joke about you it. You can't even joke about it podcast. anymore. Which brings me to a, a couple of questions. Right, right now you are on can the. I drink this? For now you Absolutely, can. This is my official yes. might be first taste of bourbon. Your first what? taste of bourbon. Yeah, because I only drink to get drunk. I don't drink because I like the taste. What? That seems kind of sad. Why? I only drink to get drunk. You're missing. Yes, I'm the worst kind of alcoholic, ain't I? You're you're you're, you're missing out on on so many things that you can so. Yeah, but I just don't like the taste, so I'm really the, not missing the way, out. You made a face when you when you took I a sip of that. I always make a face when I do shots or drink hard liquor. So I why why bother? Because I want to get drunk. Okay, but there's other ways to. You oh, know, you mean like marijuana? Well, or there's other ways to elevate yourself to a different state. I guess pills. Yes. Yeah, sure. I mean, no, here's the thing about me. <laughs> Outside of trying marijuana, I've never done a hard drug. Never. Ever. Ever. Because. I don't know. I don't want to put anything. It's just not my thing. That's. Just, I mean, that's fine. You know, I respect just not, that. I've never wanted to put anything in my nose. I've had people do it. I've almost I got know. into a I fight know. of I people know. passing the mirror, and I, you're disrespecting me. You know, it's like no. Yeah. I just I've don't want to start coke. I've been in that same situation. I never. I never did cocaine either. Yeah, it's just not my thing. Can't say anything. Can't vouch for the other ones, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, well, I, I'm not, well. Have I taken a Vicodin and had alcoholic beverages? Sure. Taking a Vicodin for the pain. And then had alcoholic beverages. Okay. Yeah, sure. But, down with the Bud Light. but I don't know. I don't. I guess that's a drug. Yeah. So I guess yeah, I'm yeah. lying. Did you take? Forget what I said. Well, no. But did you take the Vicodin for medical reasons? Well, I had it because I had. You had like, an issue. Yeah, an right. issue. And then I decided to drink alcohol. See, I, I, oh, it messes you up. No, it doesn't. I got into a car accident and Vicodin. I was on a lot of so. Well, not Vicodin. You know what I mean? Oxycodone. No, and Vox- that stuff. Vicodin does nothing for me. I could sprinkle. No? I could sprinkle Vicodin on my ice cream. Really? And, and, and no, it does. It does Prove not. It. Have you tried Percocet? Not Percocet. Set. Forget per. I I've uh, forget Percocet. I've had Percocet's big brother, Percadan. Percadan. <laughs> yes. Perca. And then best of that, Percaman is the next one. I had Percocet for the first time. I had laser eye surgery, and I took it. And no, it was a kidney stone. And I took it, and I felt like I was outer space. So I really? called my doctor. I yeah. said I cannot take this. It just tripped me no, out. Percocet doesn't good. doesn't do it for me. Percadan did. I got Percadan after uh, an emergency root canal before I went to Las Vegas. And uh, uh, so you're uh, sitting there, hit me, hit me. Uh, <laughs> well, a, a mutual dentist, we Dr. Kavitko. Uh-huh. Uh God bless him. I had to leave for Vegas at, at at ten o'clock in the morning on Sunday. He drove back from North Carolina. He was on his way home from vacation. He said, "Meet me in my office at seven a.m. on a Sunday morning." And he did an emergency root canal, hooked me up with the Percodans, and off to Vegas I went. That's the power of radio. Guys do that for famous people. Yeah, like if you were like hipster Greg, I can't, he's not coming yeah, from yeah. North Carolina on vacation. But yeah. Dino, 
<laughs> radio star. Yeah, well, he's coming off vacation for yeah, you. Now I can't even get a cleaning schedule. Well, I mean, <laughs> that happens. That happens. <laughs> uh, so, <yeah. laughs> I'm sorry for that. <laughs> How many years now at QFM with 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 uh, Jerry? Over five. Over, over five. Because it was, I, you know, I didn't even realize this, and someone could, nor do I care. But someone uh, sent me a Facebook thing probably about two weeks ago and said, hey, you got fired six years ago on this day. I didn't even realize it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You showed up on my Facebook timeline. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. So it's been like five and a half years going on we're, six. We're going to get to that 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 part of your career. But when did you when did you start? What was your first radio well, gig? It, my first radio gig. And was, was, at, and was it sports? K, yeah, yeah. It was at K-Fan. I went to a – it's now called Brown College. It's great. So I could say I went to Brown college but really it was at the time it was brown institute now it's called brown college okay and i went to and it's a pretty popular broadcast school uh if you watch wgn ron majors was the big news guy back in the day sure. he went there his brother paul went there the gal who was jim lampley's wife the big yeah she doesn't have you ever see the news lady who doesn't have fingers um she was in the movie the chase with charlie sheen she's a big popular la she went to that school so a lot of people went there i went there and it was right when sports radio was starting. K-Fan just started. And I called them up because I wanted to, when I was in school, to watch shows. They had two shows. And I just would go there and watch the guys do the shows. So when I got out of school, I just called them up and said, hey, man, do you have an internship? Can I get an internship? And the guy who would let me watch the show said, well, come on in. We'll interview you for an internship. Right before the interview, he turns to me and goes, this isn't for an internship. This is for a job. I was okay. like, holy crap. So my first job was in a major market. I turned down a job in Whitehall, Wisconsin, because I was dating a girl, and I was so pussy-whipped at the time, I didn't want to leave. It was my first girlfriend. So I was just pussy-whipped, and I just didn't want to take the job. True story. Okay. And, you know, well, sometimes yeah. love is strong. Well, it's yeah. more like lust yeah. when you're that age. You How know, old were you? 19. 19. Yeah. So you didn't leave. With, so you didn't leave. With... And it was the smartest thing I've ever done is not go, and I got a job at KFAN. So I, I started at KFAN. That was okay. my first job. So I never really had to work in a small how old market. Are you, how old are you now? 46. No, no, at, at the time. At the time, the, I was 19. 19. 20. So 19, you started at your Yeah, at I, I, went to, I got out of school when I was 17, and then I just immediately started broadcasting school. And they just started right away. Went right into the – I knew what I wanted to do and when you, I was in 10th grade. You knew you were going to – Absolutely. Well, I wanted to be a – Wanted to go to college to try to like walk on and do ba- that was horrible. So I knew. Whoa, that was whoa, whoa! Happen. Back up, back up! You wanted to do what? Like walk, walk on and play like sports, baseball or something. Like ba- walk baseball or school. something. You didn't even oh, pick. You didn't have a sport I would just in like mind. Try out. Well, baseball or if there, anyone would take me, I would. You know. Did you have skills? I'd be no. I sucked. That's why I knew right away I was doing radio. <laughs> but then why would you even bother to walk on? Oh, you try out. You know. What you were see you what thinking? Happens. I was thinking that I would go to college and get laid a lot if I played sports. But no. But okay. But did you? But when you did you actually try? to walk no, on no 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 okay. no you never, i, I okay. knew i was right. i was shitty all right. All right. so okay. i i didn't do it so you, but i i wanted to be a baseball play-by-play guy and that was my goal so i i, I have a degree in sports play-by-play i did two i have two degrees a so, degree in sports play-by-play? yeah well, play-by-play. Yeah, that's a really thing exists. it really exists. that's a thing <laughs> it, it, you I can I get a degree in sports play-by-play yes and what's after that? So what if you, you get do, a degree in sports play, but do you get a PhD in football <laughs> analysis? What the fuck? <laughs> and I have that too. So what I would do is I would, to practice, I would get one of those like clip-on mics, and I'd go to a Twins game, 
and I would just call the game. And while people were sitting around me, I'd go to high school games, call games, and people would look at me like, who the fuck are you, you fucking idiot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would call the games. I would do high school games and call a game, and if I go, oh, he strikes him out, and then the parents would get mad at me and like say mean things to me. Yeah. But I would I would practice and do that, and then I eventually did public access and then went to KFAN. I had a friend like that who would turn down the sound on, on a baseball game when he was watching television and, and, and do the play-by-play and the color by himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's what he wanted to do See, as well. See, that is my big beef with the youth going into our business, because to me is you do whatever it takes to make it and succeed, and you work your fucking ass off to do What do you – What like, I would say this for any job. Why are you in it if you don't want to be the best? Right? You wanted mm-hmm. to be the best. I want to be the best. Hipster Greg, everybody wants to be the best. So that's like my little pet peeve in life that I would tell my, I tell my 12-year-old all the time. I don't care what you do. Just try to be great at it. Do your kids want to do what you do? The, no, the, my oldest wants to be is a genius. He is like in ninth grade. He's in sixth grade. He takes like ninth grade math, and the kid takes advanced classes and everything. But he, I would say it's not my kid, but he looks just like me. Okay. He wants to be a doctor, and I'm not sure. My youngest is still picking his nose. So, who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah, it's it's mm. random. I catch it? him just digging for gold, man. <laughs> I go, Jake, stop it, please. Don't wipe that on daddy's pants. He might be. He might wind up being the most successful out of all of them. You he will. I'm going to have the most trouble with him, though, yeah. out of all three. I, you and know which, as a parent, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Which kids is going to be troublesome and which one's going to be easy? Well, I only have the one Yeah, yeah that I'm aware of. <laughs> the night's young, Dino. Yeah, and, and she's a she's a grown-up. Yeah. I mean, my, my kid's 36 years old. But aren't you – see, I'm glad that I have a boy that's a grade ahead of her and then a younger brother too because I figure I will pay them more in allowance to protect their sister when they get older. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And will they? I mean, that's, I, that's their I, my, job. My oldest they, is yeah, a little – little, but will. my youngest is pretty – yeah, I think they'll so get So where's protected. the daughter? Is she in the middle? Or she's the, right in the middle. She's smack dab in the middle. Yeah, she's, she's in covered. fifth grade. She's flanked. She's yeah. flanked by yeah. the younger and the older and brother. And she doesn't take crap by anyone. She wants to compete with her brother and defeat him in anything. So she more she like – She lives to beat him at and kick his ass and fight with him and punch him and destroy him and talk down to him. And well, it's, it's, there's some some – some serious competitiveness. Sounds like a wonderful, lovely family dynamic you got Absolutely. going on. Well, over there. <laughs> you know, I catch it. You know, I catch it obviously. And but you know, sometimes you, when kids are going at it, you just listen as a parent to see what kids talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, so sometimes I just let it let it go, and then I. It gets to a point where I jump in and say, "Knock it off." Are you are you a good disciplinarian? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. My kids have not met Mister Belt, but they know who he is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you, all you have to do is threaten. Absolutely, I've yeah. spanked my kids, each one of them once. Okay. And one time I did it, I left the room and didn't think I spanked him hard enough and wanted to go back in and finish the job. I didn't, <laughs> but I left the room and said, "My wife, God, I suck. I barely even spanked he him. Learned He's that not even crying." Mike. Ike and Joe Jackson. Oh, my dad beat the shit out of me when I was a kid. I yeah. mean, that was a guy who would beat the shit out yeah, of you. It was it's old school, yeah, dude. Yeah, it was different times. Yeah, different times. Different times. Yeah. Still a Minnesota fan? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, with it's, it's amazing that technology, probably in the mid-90s, got really cool where you could watch all the baseball games and all the football games, even if you lived in a different city. Yeah. And so you're still rooting for the, like... Oh, the, still love the Vikings. The Vikings. I, I love them. Uh, not college sports, just from the standpoint, college sports are not big in Minnesota except for hockey. No one cares about gopher football. No one cares about gopher basketball. No one cares. When you say college sports, are you not into college sports as no, much? No, I am. You know why I'm into college sports here? Because I, you're... Well, I worked in Phoenix, yeah. and I knew nothing about college football. I knew about college football. I watched the big games. 
But I, my whole thing was I'm going to take my weakness and make it my strength, and my weakness was college football, so I made it my strength. Okay. So I figure I'm going to take the one thing I'm not good at and be so fucking good at it that – you know, it's no longer my weakness. What's your weakness now? Probably baseball, because it's just 162 games of just watching it, and it's so slow, and it's just not. And it used to be my strongest sport, baseball. Yeah. But now it's just too. It, no you, one, it's not good on the radio. No one wants to talk about baseball. What do you radio. consider your personal weakness to be in life? Oh, have you looked at me? No, no, I mean, I, mean I, I. Personal weakness on the radio? No, no, personal weakness in general. In, in life? In life, as a person. You know what it is? I'm too hard of a person. It's, I, you know, like a softer side, like something that breaks your heart. You yeah. know, like I'm so, because of how I was raised, I, I just, I'm, I just, you know, if it's my kids, I care. It's, it's my family, I care. But there's like a lot of stuff that won't get me. You know, you could call it a heart of stone or whatever, and maybe that's true. But I saw so much as a youth that it really doesn't hit me like other people would do. You know, if there was like a sad story, I'd go all oh, that. I'm not, it's not like I don't give a crap. It's more like I wish I was more sensitive about things. That okay. would be my weakness. Okay. I'm not a prick. I'm just saying <laughs> that I wish I had a softer side and wasn't so, you know. Are, do you ever think maybe you do have a softer side? You just don't embrace it? Yeah, maybe. Yeah? But I really like him, so I don't yeah. want to embrace it. Were you afraid of him? No, I'm not. But uh, yeah. So, I mean, you have a lovely wife. Yeah, yeah. So at some point you had to have some sort of... Oh, absolutely, Soft absolutely. side. Yeah, but you go. Th don't you go through it when you see this stuff day after day on TV, and you just you get, get numb. You get numb to it all. You get numb. And I, I get think that. Just at forty six years old, I'm just numb to stuff. I get that. I re I've, I've said it before that I think uh, we as human beings, as of late, have continued to to lose our empathy. I mean, yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, now if you know, you hear about a, a shooting, if it's not a massive shooting, if there's not a massive amount of lives lost, you you it, it almost like the number has to keep going higher for a tragedy to be yeah. something tragic. Isn't it funny that everybody thinks they have the answers to? That's mm. what that's what I I find humorous when people don't know anything about the person or anything about the background or anything about the facts. It's people just jump on social media and they just know it all. You know, if you go on social media, it's the smartest people in the world right there on Facebook, aren't I think, they? I think. I mean, I know social media is a necessary thing. It's like, why thing. do we even have government when the smartest motherfuckers in the world are right on my timeline, Dino? You know, they're I, so fucking genius. They're so smart. It's well, Social media, there's like, it's like anything else in the world. So there's there's the good side and the bad side to everything. Yep. There are some good aspects What's the good social, side? The good side is you get to keep in touch with your friends. All right, no, the good side of social media is this. Yes, yes. A podcast yes, yes. like yes, this, yes. where I get to sit across from you and people get to listen to us yeah, yeah, and, 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 yes. and enjoy it. Yeah. That's a good thing. But the 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 bane of social media is exactly what you said. Yeah. When people who cl claim to have all the answers and don't and just throw out their opinions without any thought process whatsoever, they just throw it out there. I think there. they know a topic where you, you fucking don't. You know, like I get into this with people. I lived in Phoenix for a long time. You get to know, learn a lot about immigration just through living there, the pros and cons. I could argue both sides and be a genius at it. Someone in Wisconsin, Minnesota, Ohio, unless you live it, you don't know. You're reading fucking stats. And unless you live it and unless you see it and unless you know both sides and know the stories they don't report, you don't know shit. You're just typing shit on the Internet. Let's bring you into Columbus. When did you first come to Columbus? Came to Columbus 12 years ago. It was the year that the Buckeyes basketball team played in the finals it was before that it was right after troy smith and the boys lost to florida it was right mm. after that so we're 11 years ago yeah 
So I went, came in. I knew, though, I was interviewing for the job in the fall. It just took a really long time. So I was following what was going on in Columbus. So I kind of knew what was up. And I kind of had a good idea that I was going to get the gig. And then I got, I think, the weird thing is I come in and I came in a little early and I show up for work and my boss says to me, hey, man, I'm going to the Masters. Why don't you come back next week? Okay. So I'm thinking to myself, well, I should. I had a newborn at home. I think, well, I should have just effing stayed then. You know, you told me to come right now, right. and then when I showed up, you said come back in a week. I could have spent a week with my. So was that? I thought that was a little weird. Like my first day, where he goes, ah, uh, you know what? I'm leaving. Come back next week. Okay. Like, okay. I'll come back next week. So then I actually flew home and then came back the next week and started a pretty damn successful run. Yeah, absolutely. You and Very Common blessed. Man. You and Common Man. We really did. It was you guys, something completely different. You we guys did, kicked ass. We did whatever they told us to do. We didn't listen to them, and we mocked them in the process. Yeah. We mocked them on the air. I I still listen to Common Man. I listen from time to time. I, I listen. He's uh, locally. I I think I think they're still doing a good job, and and I listen when you were on as well. Um, but I still like I, I just like his style. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, uh, he's a clever dude. Yeah, he's a, he's a very clever man, and uh, they 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 do a nice mix of of talking about sports and then bringing some real life into the situation. Absolutely. As well. But when you and guys were together, the show was huge. Yeah, it was pretty big. Huge, and then something happens. Yep, 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 yep. I hit Twitter. You hit Twitter. Yeah, yeah. You hit Twitter early. Now I'm curious. I'm curious. Let's talk. What, what did you say on Twitter back then? Um, and, I don't and, know the exact word. And would it? And do you think it would even make a blip today? Yes, I think it would be a big thing today. You think it'd be even think, more. You think it'd be bigger or yeah, smaller? Bigger, bigger, absolutely bigger. All right. It, uh, can we talk about what the what well, the, we can talk about anything you want? What, what the basis of the tweet of the yeah, tweet gonna, was? I'll, I'll paraphrase. I was watching yeah. Game Day, and Desmond Howard has a tendency. I just don't think he's very credible. He'll Michigan will have five losses. He'll say they're a top five team. Buckeyes will be undefeated. He'll dog them and not say it. You know, and to me, if you're in that role, you have to have some credibility, right? Okay. Unless you're a, a Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley would say whatever the hell he wants because you're not watching Charles Barkley to break down the NBA. That's what Kenny Smith does, right? right Charles right. is the entertainment. Right. Desmond is not the entertainment of that show. Lee Corso is. So he that's kind of his pattern. So I tweeted. Um, I wish, and then like, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know exactly <laughs> so what it was. Okay. Something like, I wish De- Desmond would get fired or die so I can watch game day again, right? Um, and I didn't at the time get any heat for it or nothing. It was just like, just normal business as usual. I, my wife got into a like fender bender, so I had to pick up her car. And on the way, and I didn't have my phone. And I was thinking on the way, maybe I should just delete it. You know, it was kind of mean, da 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 da. And then I so I get home and I called. I actually called my partner. Said, "Man, maybe I should delete." He goes, "Who gives a shit? You didn't mean it. You don't want. You're just kidding around. You know, it's no big deal. I'm not seeing anything negative." And then by the next day, though, overnight, it shit hit the fan about it. How and why? Ah, uh, some guy tweeted to Herb Street, and uh-huh. then when Herb Street's I, Desmond Howard's wife found it, right, and like sent me a tweet. Do you think this is funny? My daughter saw it, and then I thought, "Oh man, maybe your young daughter. Well, our daughter was 19. I found out later, so." You know, okay, at the still, time I thought her daughter was like ten. And I was like, right. "Oh boy, I really feel horrible." So you think if you would have just said, "I wish Desmond Desmond Howard would be fired so I can enjoy game day," nothing. I don't think no. Well, but you think, but the fact that you put would or die. Yeah, but it was a, it. Would, you heard the show. Yeah. It was shtick. Yeah, it was I, I, I would say this. One humongous college football guy contacted me, 
afterwards. And he said, dude, I've listened to your show. I've been in Columbus. You one time said about me, if so-and-so is wrong about this story, we will kidnap him, put him in a straitjacket, put him in a body bag, and throw him off the bridge and put him in the only tent. He goes, you know what I thought listening to that? I thought, that's fucking funny. Yeah. And that's what he wrote. He goes, I listened to your show. I know you really didn't mean to put me in that. It's the shtick well, you do. It's, well, it's, but it's also kind of ridiculous. Yes. Put him in a straitjacket, throw him in the Olentangy River, but you never said die. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> he never said, insinuated. He said, you, never, you never said, and then we'll kill him. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So you know, I'm wondering if, it's, if that if that just that one little oh, word maybe. would have been absent from maybe. it. Because seriously, I wish Desmond Howard would get fired so I can enjoy game day. That's nothing. Yeah, that's well, I probably still would have gotten a little trouble. Maybe a little trouble, but yeah. not but not 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 dumped. Yeah, not dumped. But yeah. you know, it's the best thing ever to happen. Do you, did you feel that way at the time? No, no, of course not. Because people say a lot of bad things about you. They were writing locally. I had tons of support, which was appreciated. But nationally, I was getting killed by people. Sports Illustrated twice wrote about it. Uh, you know, Jock Sniffers, who wanted to kiss Herbie's ass, was tarring me. You don't mm-hmm. even know me, the situation. You never called me and asked me what happened afterwards, if it was cool between me and Desmond or not. No one asked about that. You know, so they just went with their, like, I'm a horrible human being, da 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 You think if Herbie hadn't fanned the flames, it, it would have gone away? Yes, absolutely, 100%. Yeah. So, Ab- 100%, no doubt about so it. So because he got into it. He got into it. He got involved. And and because with the, with the the fan was affiliated with ESPN, yeah, and yeah, yeah, and so forth and so on. Yeah, I don't know the complete story. I can go with go just go with what I was told. Did you ever confront her? Did you ever have a chance to confront Herb Street about he it? He wanted to get in touch with me because when we I was trying to get out of my non compete, and uh, of course what you do is you threaten to sue, right? If you want to get out of the, out of the, so I had an attorney. How long and, was your non compete? Uh, it was a year, but I got it down to six months. Okay. And the whole thing of it was, is my attorney wanted to know who Herb Street talked to. Because you can't, if I have a contract with someone and you go to my employer and you say, you got to fire this guy, this, that, and the other thing, that's illegal for him to do that. That legal, you cannot do that legally. So my attorney just wanted to know who, and he, it was in the paper. My attorney said, we want to know who Herb Street talked to, who he met with, and what he said. Once that was in the paper, Herb Street's attorney called mine several times contacted guys that I knew, common friends, and wanted my new phone number. So he was trying to reach out with me. But I talked to him that week because I was told you got to make good with Herb Street. I was told if you don't make good with Herb Street, you are cooked. So I called him. I swallowed my pride from my family and called and talked to him. Okay. You know, and talked to him for about an hour about it. Didn't still didn't feel good about it, but still, you know, whatever. If I got to kiss a little ass to keep my job, I got to do what I got to do. But then the roles were reversed afterwards where he was desperately trying to get in touch with me. Herbstreit was. Yes, to make amends. To make amends. I'm sure. I don't know. He wanted to get in touch with me. I'm assuming that's it. I can't speak for him. Do you think he could have uh, reversed it and saved your job? No, because I was already gone at that time. So? They can't have a change of heart? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think that was. Nah, I don't think so. But then you meant you said something very interesting. You said that it was the best thing ever happened. To best me. thing by a why? mile. Why and how? Why and how? Um couple things. Uh, one, I'm in a better place. Uh, I work less hours. I make more pay. And sports radio just doesn't, in the smaller markets, medium markets, you just don't get paid that much in sports radio. Um, I, so I do better. I spend, And the thing is, I want to be successful. So you, I could tell you the countless games I would watch over and over and over and just watch games and read things and just be. There would be times, Dino, where I'd watch a game and we'd talk about it for like two minutes. But you had to be prepared, right? right? So it was just a time sucker. And, and then, two, how many guys in this business 
can go and do PM drive, right. do morning drive in the same city, two different formats, and be number one. How many guys can do that? Not too many. Not too many. Not too many. So I consider that. And listen, I'm not saying I did it. I worked with two great guys. Jerry's great and Mike's great. So I worked with two great guys. But I accomplish stuff, and I just don't have to deal with the BS that you deal with. You know, I was sports director. I just dealt with a lot of BS. Uh, well, the, the reason scene. I asked you because obviously you love sports. I love and, sports, and that's what you—that's what you said when you were growing up. You wanted to do. Absolutely. You wanted to be. You wanted to talk sports. And I know you talk sports on cue. Eh, a little. Uh, but, but now you talk about a, a garden variety of things, yeah. which and a lot of fun things. I, I mean, think it's about entertaining, being the best in your craft. Is, yeah, is kind of what you morph into that. You mm-hmm. know, I I did rock radio. I did sports, rock radio in Phoenix, back to sports here, and rock radio. I don't know if I could do another format outside of those two formats. I'm not sure. Maybe I could. I don't know. I hope I don't have to try. Yeah, right. I agree with you. And you still stay in touch with the sports. You got, you've got you got a podcast, mm-hmm. two, two Bucks and a Nut. Yep, just started. Which which uh, I was I was joking with Hansbury and, and John earlier today. Two Bucks and a Nut. Also uh, a new... I'm not the Buck, Dino. Uh, 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 no, I know. You're the Nut. <laughs> yeah. Also a new sitcom on ABC TGIF. <laughs> it sounds like a TGIF show. Two yeah. Bucks and a Nut. Yeah. What happens when two former Ohio State football players... And a, Team up hey. with a credit. That's a great pitch. You guys are roommates. That's roommates. a great pitch. That's a great pitch. That's a great pitch. You ever write a sitcom or try to write... Movie or anything? Oh, right, you have, but uh, duh, yeah. But have you ever tried to do comedy? Yes. What happened? Do you ever pitch it? I did. I pitched uh, back before it. Before I ever got into radio, I, I pitched a show called Right Is Wrong. W R I T E. Right is wrong. And what happened? And it, they didn't no. pick it up. No, but no. nobody nobody bought it. But I thought it was a funny script. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, I just you know it would be a, a genius thing for people in our business, and I keep track of this. So when we do a topic on the radio, right. I keep track of the topic and the stories, right? I would, uh, I think a great sitcom would be taking all those life experiences of people and using it in a sitcom somehow. Yeah. Even if you did a show where the guy was a talk show host and then they would talk about a story and then he had a flashback to something funny with sure. the same instance. I think that would be a good show. Why don't you write it? I just don't have the drive. You know, they say, yeah, it's a, just, yeah. You, know, I, you know how many people I run across like, I got this great idea. Oh, uh, yeah. And then, you uh, know, yeah, it, it yeah. never, it I never got a great idea it. for a movie too called Hell, but it's a funny movie. Like hell, it's a comedy, like a funny movie. Like you die and the guy goes to hell, and yeah. the first scene's at the BMV, and he's there for like forty fucking years because it's hell. <laughs> and you know, That's yeah, yeah. One, the and, BMV. you know, like his neighbor, he's got a hot neighbor, and he has sex with her, and when he's having sex with her, he's having sex with his mom. You know, it's hell, Dino. Right, it's hell. He's eating a steak sandwich, but really, it turns to shit. It's hell. It's you know, hell. stuff like that. The premises are endless. But you can't have good actors. You'd have to have like Rob Snyder and like Adam Sandler <laughs> or Will Ferrell. You're saying they're not good actors? No, I'm saying you would have to have make it a lower budget. No, I'm saying they're good comedic actors. I'm saying you'd have to have a lower lower budget. I wouldn't go high budget is what you know, I'm saying. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. You'd have to go for... Slapstick. Yeah. Almost. You know who I yeah. think's genius who I would love to work with if I could just pick? I think Mark Norman is awesome. Yeah. As a, you ever see Mark Norman? Yeah. He's very clever. He should be bigger than what... He is. There's a lot of people I think that that, that 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 are that are you, not as big as they should be. Do you think when people make it, they lose a little on the stand-up side? <sighs> that's a good question. Because um, I think they do. I, I I think I think when you when you lose a little drive and initiative, you unconscious it unconsciously. If you once you make it, you know, 
you unconsciously lose a little bit of yeah. uh, of that oomph, yeah. you know, because you're not struggling to yeah. get to get there anymore. Absolutely, which is why even at the time I was at Sunny for all those years, I I, I kept doing all these other things to keep me motivated that I wasn't necessarily completely successful at, but wanted to strive to do it. I wanted to make a movie. So we made a movie. Want to write a book. So I'm going to write a book, you know, and I haven't reached that level of success where I've and done it. you wrote that. a book? I'm writing one as we speak. Yeah. yeah, I think that's it, great. It, it, I would love to do stand-up because I have a lot of written out stand-up that could be funny. Yeah. It's just, also to your delivery, too, yeah. of how you, when you're on stage, your stage presence. Stand-up is tough, it's man. It's very tough. You know, I keep trying to get Jerry to come back up on stage. Jerry would be great at it. Have you yeah. met a guy, ISIS with radio, who's got great comedic comic uh, timing like Jerry? He makes it easy when he delivers it on the radio. He has that gift. Sure. Like if I could, you know, obviously we work in radio. We can't do whatever we wanted. But if we could do whatever we wanted, I would just sit with Jerry and lob him up stalked into Malone all morning long. And I would just play maybe two songs an hour, play your things, and it would just be me and Jerry talking about shit. And let him go at it. Because yeah. I think that's the best part is when I get him and we can talk about shit and he can tell jokes and do it. His comedic timing is fantastic. Jerry's very funny. Yeah, he really is. Do you consider yourself to be a, a shock jock? Um, people call me a sports shock jock. I always called it just being honest. What's wrong with honesty? People in sports assume that the fan is stupid, like you're a fucking stupid idiot, and I'm smarter than you and more intelligent than you, and I'm going to use analytics and get my point, da-da-da-da-da. I've always did the, I'm going to talk to you like normal people talk to each other about sports, and if someone sucks, we would use like he's bad or... You know, I want to drink bleach or whatever, right? I would use terms like that. I'd create slang for sports. It was just new. I would create the me likey and different thing, my guy, you know, just stuff like that. I don't think, I think for one, you know your team better than the national guys. I don't think the national guys know, and I don't think they have the ability to know like the local guys. I just don't think they do. So, shock, shock, people may say that. I don't, on cue, I'm not, but doing sports, I wouldn't. I just say it's being truthful, and sometimes people can't get butt hurt over the truth. Uh, Mike, all right. So let me ask you this: do or you, an opinion, they get butt hurt over an opinion that's not theirs. So, so I need to whine do you it. ever say anything on the radio now? Back at the fan, whatever. Did you ever say anything on purpose, knowing that it would be shocking? Since it's something on purpose, just to say it. That wasn't my intent. No, no I have said it. things on the radio. See, where, that's what I think when I think of a shock jock. A shock jock to, to me. Would go out of their way. Yeah, I just to, never go out of to my be way. controversial no. or to be, you know, to 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 cause a stir. I would actually like to be more opinionated on Q. <laughs> is that possible? Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. Is it? Yeah, because I think uh, it seems to me you you don't you don't really hold back some, that much. Yeah, I do. Do you really? Yeah, absolutely. Oh dear lord. Yeah, I really do. You hold, but back. it's just common sense stuff. It's just common sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hold back. We have uptight people who read the complaints and they think that one complaint, it's the end of the world. I don't want to yeah, I understand shit. that. You know what I mean? It's like uh, you, no, you trust fight me. for it or you fight. You know what I mean? It's there's you pick, you're, trust you've been married. You pick your battles. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, I understand yeah. the, the uh, about going it. to the line. I worked at the family station for yeah. 24 years. I had to toe the line constantly yeah. and it dipped my toe sometimes over the line and pull it back very quickly. Yeah. yeah. And, and that got to be uh, an art. Yeah. To uh, me, I don't think some people get it to where if you get a complaint, that's a good thing because right. people are emotionally involved in your show. 
doing sports where I get tons of hate all the time. I'll never listen to you again, but yet you would quote my shit that I would right. say word for word. Right. Uh, here, They'll listen for three hours to yeah, hate absolutely. because they hate you. I like the haters more. <laughs> I like the haters more than the someone who will come up and say, I've listened for 10 years. I love the haters. I love them. I can tell when someone complains on social media, I got you. And that's the best. If you're in this business to be liked by everyone, you're in the wrong business. Yeah. Because you won't be successful. Yeah, you're McDonald's. Yeah, and I could care less if you hate me. I know I don't suck. So when people write, Dino, you ever get the, you suck, get off the radio? You know you don't suck. Yeah. So you're an idiot. Go away. You suck at writing complaint letters. You're shitty at it. Go away and come up with something better. No. Over the years, I've gotten my fair share of the hate, and I've gotten a lot of love as well. So, I mean. I actually like uh, the hate better. Yeah. I don't need to be hugged. I don't, I don't, <laughs> you know what? I'm kind of figuring that out. Yeah. <laughs> that you don't need to be. But I, and, but I, and yet at the same time, I fucking think you need one. I have my kids. They give me a hug when I get home. <laughs> you know? I, there's a lot of hugs given in the Torgerson house. Is there? Yeah, absolutely. Really? Dude, I, yeah, we're a tight knit family, man. We'll do, we'll do Thanksgiving. My wife's parents will come in town. We're a tight knit her entire family, we're a tight knit group, man. They're very uh, cool people. A the, lot of family reunions and are stuff. Are the Torgersons drinkers? Um,. Yes. Is My it, mom's side are a bunch of Meisterbrow drinking, trailer park trash, <laughs> beat their kids, government cheese. And not that's a bad thing, but but the drunk and beating your kids part is. You know, a, a simple yes would have sufficed. Yes, 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 yes. No, but I see this on the air. You know what my mom's philosophy is of life, where I would always say, why were you such a... Sh- fucking shitty parent why were you such an asshole why were like straight straight up like why would you why and her responses and to this day she'll tell you she said i have it rough i had it rough so deal with it you're gonna have it rough and that was her whole philosophy of being a parent i had it rough growing up so who gives a fuck you're gonna have it rough too and that's her and today she's 60 some years old you could sit down with her and ask her like why did you do the things you did and that's what she would tell tell you and in her mind she believes that's the right way is if someone has it shitty, who gives a shit? You're going to have it shitty, too. So how does that not translate to how you raise your family? Because I'm not an idiot. I know common but you sense. Grew up, but you grew up in an, uh, according to you, you grew up in an idiot environment. Yes, but my whole thing in life was to get away from them and get away from that. And I was going to make something of myself. And, and I yet you have them. these great big family reunions where you all get back her together. Side, on her, her side. side. My wife's oh, side. Oh, your wife's I side. I get together with my mom's family. Oh, really? No. 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 no, no. Why not? Yeah. Not never for the podcast. Never. <laughs> I don't want my kids around that. All right, we'll save that for another time. Uh, <laughs> How you liking the bourbon? I like it actually. You know what it is? You get a little bit of water in it. Yeah. Is this how you're supposed to let it? Well, I've I've said this before. A A lot of people tell you that water can be whiskey's friend, and some people enjoy their their bourbons neat. But there are certain bourbons that uh, what does neat mean? Neat, just uh, no ice. Okay, okay. just just to pour in the whiskey in the glass. You know, some hardcore. I'm going to use that terminology. I like it neat. You like it neat? Yeah. Yeah, Well, that you'll they'll give it to you neat. Oh no, then maybe I don't. Yeah. What is it on the rocks? With no, no, on the rocks is uh, you know. That's on the rocks. That's on the rocks. Neat. They'll just pour you a whiskey in a glass. Well, you're drinking it. You're drinking it. You're drinking it neat when you when you do you do what do you what do you shoot when you do whiskeys where when you do when you do shots what do you drink? I I drink I pick a new shot until I puke on it and then I just move on to the next one. (laughs) 
I used to do Fireball. Oh God! And then um, when I was going, so I, I was I was going to Detroit. You know that whole story yeah. where I was going to Detroit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I, left QFM. You were leaving. I left. You left. We said goodbye. Yeah. We had a party for you. Yeah, the story was we had a party for you. This was the story. Is I didn't have the contract yet. They were sending it to me, right? And CBS was going through that merger. And what happened was we were bringing in a film crew to film uncensored the commercials. So I felt bad and I didn't want to screw, even though I, I wanted to quit when I got the contract, but I didn't want to screw everyone over and film a commercial and then four days later say, see you later, fuckers. I'm going to Detroit, right? So I didn't want to do that to him. So I told him I was leaving. Yeah. And I figured, all right, they'll be cool about it. I went on a limb. I put, risked myself here, right? Um, I had an agreement letter, but I didn't have the contract. So instead of... And I feel bad because they told me not to talk to Jerry. I got in my car and I started driving to talk to Jerry. My wife said, don't, because they told you not to. You could still work it out. I, you were, you, you, I was gone. You told me you were leaving. And I, I was leaving. You, like, told me we not got to... so wasted that day. Yeah. We started drinking at 8 o'clock. I ended up in the shower with my clothes on, puking on myself, and my mother-in-law banging on the door. Is everything all right in there, Scott? Is everything all right? And I like had my shoes off, but I had everything else on. I'm just puking on myself in the shower. You puke a lot. Well, if I drink extreme amounts. I haven't puked since that time, so I'm good. That was, okay. what, two years ago? Yeah, it was two I'm years good. ago. Yeah. yeah. I can't tell you the last time I threw up. Well, you're wiser than I am. Well... I drink to get drunk. You don't do that. <laughs> no, I really don't. Yeah. And it takes a lot to get me drunk, too, so yeah. maybe that's part you of know, it. You know, when I was a kid, a uh, I had such low self-esteem about my looks that I would have to get hammered in a bar to talk to a girl. So I would go to a bar and just do tons of shots just to talk to a girl. I would never walk up to a girl and start a conversation of, hi, so, my name's Scott. So were you drunk when you met your wife? Uh, I was at a bar. Yeah? yeah. Well, were you drunk? Uh, I got there, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a setup. It was I, I when I met my wife. We met at this place called Martini Ranch in Phoenix, and I just got my wisdom teeth pulled. I had like an operation, and I was actually spo- on a date with another girl, but she broke her ankle, and she still wanted to go. And I said, nee, I didn't really want to hang out with a girl that had crutches and like hopping along. And I said, eh, and you have a kid. I just wanted to have sex with you anyway, so you know, I just don't show up. You know, I said, don't worry, we'll go out another time. Don't worry about it. God, you're kind of an ass. Yeah, well, I was 29 years old, dude, or whatever. 28 years old, I was an ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so you dumped that girl. Well, I didn't dump her. We weren't even dating. It was like a first date. And I but, just said, oh, we'll just go out another time. And then my wife was there with a friend of mine. Okay. So then I, that's how I met her. I just started talking to her. And, but you know, you, my friend's band was playing, so yeah. I just listened to it. So were you drunk when you talked to her the first time? Not not. Initially, but I got drunk. You got drunk. Yeah. And it made the conversation easier. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when you were able to wile her with your charms? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. And how long did I like- think I can... My thing is, if I have someone to start the game, like a buddy, I feel like I'm a good closer. Yeah. Like right there. But then like closing the deal and getting the lab, I'm kind of middle relief. So <laughs> someone starts the game, okay. gets it going... I'll give you a solid sixth, seventh, eighth inning. <laughs> then you close the deal and invite them back to wherever. Because huh? I'm not good at that either. Because I'll think that like when I was single, like she's digging me or whatever. But how do I just say, you want to go back to my place? I always thought, what if she says no? Yeah. Then I'm stuck in a conversation with someone who just turned me down. Right. So I would just never get you to got, the close. Yeah, uh, you got Sometimes you got to. Take me out, coach. No, you, sometimes you got to play through. Yeah, I know. You got to play through no I matter what. I just had such a. Low self-esteem, what if someone turned me down or didn't, I just was like, God, I'm ugly or whatever, I'm an idiot or, you know. I just had such a low self-esteem. So how do you feel about yourself now these um, days? 
Well, I'm married with three kids. No, so but I how do you feel about yourself now? Oh, I like myself now. You like? Yeah, cool? yeah, yeah. I would think younger Torg's an asshole, kind of. I could yeah. be. That's why I always say if I what? was mega rich, like, well, let's say I was in my 20s and I become mega rich. Like, my early 20s, I became mega rich. I would be an asshole. What would older... Now I wouldn't be. What would What would today Torg tell younger Torg if he could go back? Oh, God. Have more fun. Quit being more up... Stop being so uptight. Quit, like, thinking it's live or die with your career, you know? Um... Just relax a little bit. Have enjoy it a little bit more. Have fun. Don't yeah. be so focused on the job. Like it's not everything, dude. Enjoy the moment. That for me wasn't. I didn't enjoy the moment enough. All right. Well, everybody seems to like the Torg that we got now. So, yeah, yeah. I would uh, say yeah. young Torg, hard worker, douche. <laughs> <laughs> more much. But the thing is, though, is I didn't get married till I was in my early thirties. And I think for me, I think was, that's smart. Yeah, absolutely. Because you get it out of your system. You do everything you can. You don't have any regrets. You do your trips. You go hanging out with your guys. Right, right. And then you don't look back at it and say, oh, shit, I should have did this or I should have did that. It was all out of my system. So then when I got married, I wasn't a douchebag, you know. But like 20-year-old Torg, 25-year-old Torg, when you're a 27-year-old kid, you own your own house. You're doing mornings in Phoenix. I was the in-arena host for the Coyotes. I have billboards. I was a dick. You know, right. not a complete asshole. I was great with my friends. I was good. I'm a great friend, but I was kind of douchey in my dating life. So you know, but new Torg is much better. New Torg, yeah. Torg 2.0. Yes, yeah. or probably 4.0 at this Four, point. 4.0 yeah. at this point. Back to football before we go, because this particular podcast will while it will drop this weekend, it's going to play through because next week's Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to leave this one up for the. Uh, the big game. Okay, yeah. So Ohio State, Michigan, man, what's going to happen? Um, let's just In say your there's opinion. no injuries this weekend, right? right? Michigan's playing really good right now, and I don't think we've seen the best Buckeye game yet. We no. know it's there. I think there's something there where the problem with Ohio State has been is they recruit by five stars and say how they recruit is they want to get the best players, right? And if you're a five star, we're going to get you. But I don't think they know about the chemistry of – the right guys to get. I would rather have a three-star guy that's an in for the team than a five-star guy that's in it just to get drafted in the NFL. And I think they have too many individuals and they don't play as a team. I think Nick Saban does it best. Where Nick Saban recruits and says, you're going to win championships, and because we win championships, you're going to go to the NFL. And you buy into my system, we're going to win a lot of games, and then you'll get noticed in the NFL. I think Urban Meyer, and I don't know this for a fact, is more like, hey, Joey Bosa, Ezekiel Elliott, all these corners – you and oh yeah and you're going to do a lot of winning too but if you come here you're going to get drafted and play football and I think that's the difference between Alabama and Ohio State I don't think we've seen the best out of this team you hope as a fan that you get it from against Michigan I mean both teams I think it's there I think the ability is there if they buy in and do it and and give you 60 minutes of their best football I think they're more talented than Michigan I really believe that but they're just not playing better than Michigan. It's like it's like if you have all the best ingredients in the world to make this great meal, but if you don't know what to do with those ingredients to mix them properly, the meal's going to suck. Yeah, yep. That's the way I look at it. Yep. So who do you think wins on, on football? I Saturday? still think. Uh, do you think? Do you think? I in our in our house tour. That's why I think Ohio State wins this because I think Michigan's riding high right now, a little overconfident, and I think Ohio State knows that we haven't played our best football, and if we can just do it one game. It can change the complete season around what people think Absolutely. of us. And that's what Urban – I tell you this, in, in uh, uh, Two Bucks in a Nut podcast, we tell great stories 
Think it's Bourne was Zach Bourne is was Urban's first captain. He tells stories how Urban beats the shit out of you. Yeah, Bourne had to go in and tell Urban lighten up on us, and had to go in with the other captains to be the spokesperson. So we to give good insight. Urban, from what I know from these guys, is a master manipulator. He's the guy who goes in and can push all the right buttons and get these guys going. He doesn't. People say Urban's calling the plays. I think he has input. He's not calling the plays. Ryan Day's calling the plays. He does special teams. He's the special teams coach. I think he makes a decision. We're going for it fourth and one. Let's run it or whatever, right? But I think for the most part, Urban brings to this team a great recruiter and a manipulator in practice, and he knows how to work people's ass. We talked to uh, Jerry and I talked to Pat Alfline. And I asked him, when Urban, people say Urban wouldn't work in the pros. Would Urban work in the pros? He goes, yeah, because he works your ass. And that's why Urban, he knows the buttons to push. And I think coaching now in sports, and we talked about this on the podcast, you have to deal with millennials now, and it's a different way of coaching. It's not, I bust your ass, you're going to work hard and do it. It's almost like where you have to be, coddle them a little bit. and feed, Like Pete Carroll. You ever watch Pete Carroll? Pete Carroll finds a way to relate with his players and work their ass off. Right? He's got that relationship with right. the guys where he can figure it. I think coaches are going to be more like Pete Carroll in the future than the Bill Belichicks, the Mike Zimmers, the old school, the Bill Parcells, the old school hard asses. I think that's the direct. Even Mike Tomlin, in a way, will be a fossil. I, I think, in a way, um, those guys will be extinct. And I think the new millennial coach where here's like McVay. They, here's what we can achieve if we do it a certain way. So do it my way. I'll put your arm around. We could do it together, and the reward is so great we can get that instead of the way the old school guys do it now. All right, what's the final score of Ohio State-Michigan? I am going to go 27-23 Buckeyes. 27, so close game. Close game. I think it's going to be very close. And without going into a lot of great detail, I don't want because because we're running yeah, I hear out of time. Yeah, uh, Who's playing in the Super Bowl? Oh, Super Bowl. I don't think it's the teams that you expect right now. I think it's going to be – Boy, you know I don't know. Can I give a don't know? Because I I don't buy the I don't buy the Rams and the Saints are the best teams right now. They're the flashiest teams. I say in the AFC, Kansas City might get there because I think they're a complete team. Something tells me the Patriots though again can go on the road and beat them. I'll go Patriots and KC on one side, and I'll go on the other side. The Rams see the Rams have no home field advantage in the playoffs. None. Have you watched their games? Everybody cheers for the other team. They have no yeah. home field advantage, right? Dino, you still have an answer machine? My God. Yeah, I know. I thought, um, I, I thought I'd turn that off. Hey, 1987's on the phone. You better answer it. <laughs> Thank you for calling it <laughs> I have, I have, I have yeah, my phone's going. And I think it goes down to three teams in the <laughs> NFC. The Saints, the Rams, and the Vikings. And I think Same. that's the teams. Shame on you. You didn't say the Steelers once. <laughs> I know, because I, I here's, here's Shame why. Shame on you. Here's why. Because Big Ben, if you look at it, they had this stat, and I'm not a big stat guy, but they had a thing where it was Aaron Rodgers against was it Tom Brady? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers against Tom Brady. And they had the records of the all the Hall of Fame quarterbacks against all the other Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Do you know who had a horrible quarterback rating and a horrible horrible rating against the other players? Ben. No, tell me, to, tell and me to it was Ben. What, unfortunately, what, what, no, listen, Ben. Do I think they're going to win the division? Hell yeah. Do I think they're a great team and underrated? Yes. I just if you're asking me if I think they can win the big game against the Patriots, I don't think they can. And okay. until they do, they have to to get to that next level, but I just don't think they can. You know, they have won quite a few Super Bowls I know they over have. the years. And I, you know what? You know what pisses me off about the Steelers? I'll tell you. Tell me. Antonio Brown doesn't show up for practice, and they yeah. don't do anything to him. You just let a player walk all over you like that. What is what? I, you know what? I wasn't and even bells paying attention. Out. He knows Sheldon. He knows Bell's done for the season. He, and Bell's done and, for the season. Yeah, but who cares? Connor's better. Yeah. Give it to Connor. Screw Bell. You don't even need Bell. I love how they they 
revolved around Connor, and and they've become a complete team now. Yeah, they have. I mean, I really, if you're a Steeler fan, this is what you do: you you transition Tag Bell and give him the finger and let the Jets pay him a whole shitload. And you don't match it, and you get a draft. You're going to get a draft pick from yeah, him. You're going to yeah. transition Tag with him because fuck, you know, well, what the a Steel- dummy! The you Steel- had fourteen Steelers, million dollars. The Steelers have have a, a reputation of taking these. Unknown commodities and and turning them into stars. You got to admit that. Yeah, and and look, they do and, a great draft yeah, of drafting. Yeah, yeah, Their way do, is they fantastic. They do a great and, job. And and you know what too? They're smart because you look at all the best running backs outside of Gurley, the Camaras and the and the guys up and down. They're not first round picks. No, you don't pay running backs big money and you don't draft them in the first round because you'll find a guy in the third, fourth round, second round. It's that are, I think you need a running back. Most of I'm not a guy who says it's a passing league. You don't need a running back. You need mm-hmm. a running back. That's the problem with yeah. my Vikings. They don't have a running back, and they're not Cooks healthy now, and you'll see a different team. But you have to have a running back. The Saints realize that. They have two good ones. You have to have a running back, but I don't think you overpay one, and I don't think you draft one in the first round, unless it's late in the first round. The man has spoken, ladies and gentlemen. Because you right. have to give up in your cap. The way you do it is you have to cut costs somewhere, right? One big position you're going to have to pay the guy crap, right? And he to continues to else. speak. <laughs> I'm on my fifth bourbon, Dino. Five of these. Dude, thank you so much. Thanks for uh, – we, what do we talk about? We, did we talk we, about anything? We talked about so many things. Yeah. When you go back and listen to this, I think you'll be uh, upset with some of the things that you actually revealed. Oh, really? <laughs> no, I'm oh. kidding. Oh. I'm kidding. You've been open and honest. Exactly. I know, yeah. Jerry. I listened to Jerry's second one. What do you say on the first one? Was it good? Uh, first, the first one was a two-parter. Was it really? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, Did well, he get to him and Wags? Uh, yeah, he got a to him bit. and Wags a little they bit. Little talked bit. a little bit more about his uh, stand-up comedy. comedy yeah, we covered. Yeah, yeah, we covered the comedy years. He didn't talk years. shit about me, did he? Uh, no. no, well, nothing bad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. You should go back and listen <laughs> to it. And then I listened to the second one. Bad. The second one was good. Yeah, they, yeah. they were all good. And this is a good one. This is this is exactly what I had hoped for. Oh, good. Yeah, you're open. And I'm clothed. Huh? And I'm clothed. And you're clothed. I know you wanted me to take shower. my pants off, but that's just not <laughs> happening really, the first time. I really didn't. I really didn't. Thanks for having me. I'll, uh, I'll do whatever you want. Uh, no, you were great, man. Thank you for being open and honest and everything I thought you would be. I'm glad we had the opportunity. Can you get to Herb Street? You know what? I probably could get Herb Street on. Uh, hey. You know, Fingus had Herb Street on and asked him if he got me fired and her. You know, I you ever heard thou not protest too much or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. He kept going like, I didn't have anything to do with it. And then Fingus was like going... Hey, uh, thanks for coming on. He goes, hold it. I just want to say the true, true story. He goes, I just want to say I had nothing to do with Torg getting fired, and if you're listening to Torg, I'm rooting for you. And it's like there's no reason to say it, but he kept doing it. He kept going. I just want to be perfectly maybe, clear. Maybe he's got a little guilt. Maybe. maybe and I, you, know what, you know what I would say? Thank you, brother. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. I would say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I have no ill will to that guy. Everything for a reason, my friend. Oh, absolutely. Everything works Best out the way it's supposed to go. You and I were talking before the podcast. You were asking how I'm doing. Yep. I told you I'm in a very, very good place right now, and I plan on going to a better place. That sounds like I'm, that sounds like I'm going to die. It's a sitcom Don't on die. NBC. <laughs> Don't yeah. die on The I'm good gonna, place. <laughs> the good place. But uh, thanks, man. The guest bottle has been Redemption High Rye Bourbon. Home? Huh? No. <laughs> no, because, and I tell you we're why, because because this is technically an open container, and if you were to get pulled over. Oh. He's looking out for you. I yeah, would just I'm blame you. Huh? It doesn't matter. I got a blue card. I, 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 gave, I gave you the blue <laughs> yeah, card. I, I gave you the blue <laughs> card. Uh, Redemption High Rye Bourbon. Nicely priced, too, at about 25 bucks a bottle. So, Where are uh, going to get that at? It's from Indiana, yeah, too, yeah, and which all, is cool. Uh, any, any liquor store. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it, it's, it's good. Yeah, that. it's a nice, it's nicely priced. I have the 
My favorite bourbons are Revenge and Vindictive. (laughs) (laughs) And then you can top it off with Redemption. With Redemption. With Redemption. And and I picked it because you've you've got you've kind of got absolutely you've kind of gotten your your redemption in in this business. Will still owned us. I'd be I'd be doing heroin right now. Uh, Torg Scott Torgerson has been our guest. Torg QFM FM ninety six here in Columbus, Ohio. Torg and Elliot, along with Christy Kemper and Skaggs in the morning. You guys do a great job. Also, Two Bucks and a Nut, their podcast with Matt Finkus and Zach Bourne. Shout out to them as well. Uh, We hope that you enjoyed a little bit of the insight because I don't know if you realize it, but you kind of talked about Everybody thought that, oh, it's all going to be about sports with Tori, but we got into a whole no, lot more. No, no, sports we got, is boring. We got into a whole lot more than just sports. <laughs> yeah. So you are more than sports, my friend. Oh, absolutely. You're more than that. Yeah, you uh, know that bugs me. When people call me a sports guy, it bugs the fuck out of me. It does, because I think I'm better than that. Perception is reality. Yeah, I know. And yeah, you always yeah. have to remember that when it comes to the public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How they perceive you is, yeah. is, is their reality. Uh, many thanks to Greg Hansberry. Uh, for producing uh, Whiskey Business on the audio side. You got it. Many thanks to John Whitney, who is uh, re- recording and producing on the video side. Oh, nice. This, this is our YouTube. We'll, this is a YouTube video oh. now as well. Oh, that's why that's on. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Cameras. Oh, God. Yeah, I picked so. my nose so much <laughs> in this. Oh, God. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, let me say that, first of all, like I said, uh, we'll be off next week for Thanksgiving, so this one's going to run for uh, a week or so. We'll be back with some fun stuff in the month of December. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Whiskey Business on a regular basis. We do appreciate it. Um, and uh, if you want to check us out on Instagram, please do so. Our Facebook page, whiskeybusinessshow.com. We've gotten a few comments. Our website is having some malfunctioning. We're taking care of that as we speak. So uh, if you can't find us there, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify. Hopefully by the time this episode drops, we'll be on Spotify. We'll be on Spotify as well. So we're covering a lot of ground. And of course, YouTube, Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Shout out to Rick Andreessen and his wife who actually watch it on YouTube on their on their big screen TV weekly like a like a television show. Really? Yes. Like get the wife together? Yeah. Yeah. They actually and then have sex afterwards depending on the guest. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Ricky, I don't know if you're having sex after you watch Good it on luck, YouTube. Buddy. I, I hope you are. <laughs> yeah. Good luck, buddy. All right, man. Have a happy so holiday, everybody. And we'll see you in December. My name is Dino Tripotis, and we'll see you until the next bottle. Mad Magazine. Advertising mascots. B-movie posters. And cartoons. Oh, yeah. Can't forget cartoons. If you get the funky connection that ties these pop culture gems together, you'll dig two designers walk into a bar. See, we're a couple of creatively curious pals living between the bookends of grand museums and dive bars. Hey, you know the place, the sweet spot where highbrow and lowbrow become drinking buddies. So join our barroom chats as we talk influential work and uncover stories of how the familiar became iconic. Think behind the music for the stuff we love. Check out our website at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com. And listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit evergreenpodcasts.com.